Welcome to A Different Lens Podcast, where we look at the Trinity and humanity through the person of Jesus as a lens to see that the Trinity family is woven into the details of our lives. And out of their love and joy for us, we can begin to heal from wounds that religion may have caused. Hey guys, welcome to episode two. I really appreciate you continuing in this conversation with me. Today's topic, we are actually going to be talking about the Trinity, my favorite topic. So let's get into it. In the beginning, there was this amazing party. It was the party of the cosmos. In fact, the cosmos and all of existence was born out of this party. It was full of the most amazing experiences we've ever felt and the ones we haven't. I'm talking the first time you rode a bike, rode a roller coaster, the feeling of getting a standing ovation, that feeling of driving off into the sunset, the feeling you get holding your children, the feeling you get when you eat your favorite food, go skydiving, you heard your favorite band for the first time, or when you fell in love. This party was crazy. It was insane and full of what we can describe as ecstasy. Its very atmosphere was and is the feeling of unconditional love and acceptance. This party was all that and so much more. This cosmic party that I am talking about is what we call God. The triune God is more like a family than a singular judge sitting on a distant throne somewhere. Before time was, they were a family, a relationship from the beginning. What you believe about God will determine how you live your life towards God and people. This simple question has already impacted your life in some way already. So I want to encourage you to believe and meditate on a very important truth, an actual fact about God, and that is God is love. God, three in one, is at their very nature, their very core, love. When I had my latest transforming outer body experience with God, they approached me as three persons that kept saying we and they. And yes, I know that is strange when you hear that for the first time. I didn't even understand. I thought I believed in the Trinity, but in some way I thought God just ended up being one individual. They erased everything that I knew. They erased my theology and doctrine. I had to start over, and where they had me start was to build a foundation with the truth of their relationship with each other. The truth that they are a family, that they were a family before time, before all creation. They explained to me that if I start here with a family image, then the theology and doctrines that are taught today, even in the past centuries, I would not fall or be deceived by any lies ever again when it comes to their nature, their being. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we understand that if they were a family from the very beginning, then everything they do towards us is from a healthy and good family picture. Justice is about family. Repentance, forgiveness is about family. Holiness and even wrath is about family. Listening to what they say in our lives, what they have called us to, where they are guiding us is all about family. We learn from scripture that God is kind, is good, and is our provider, is our healer. 
This is impossible if God is singular because these are all relational terms. There has to be someone else there to experience. If God was singular, then he would create not from other-centeredness, but from self-centeredness. He would create for something to serve and worship him, to feed his ego, because that's all he knows, because he has always been alone. Now, if God was a family, they would create to share their life with others. The reason why we marry and have children, to share our lives with them. You and I were born to share in the life of this family's relationship, their goodness, their glory. When the early church fathers, by the help of the Holy Spirit, stared into the mystery of this phenomenon called the Trinity, they looked for a word to describe what they saw. They said it looks like a Jewish celebration where people have their arms around each other and dancing in a circle. And they called God perichoresis, a circle dance of mutual indwelling. Peri, where we get the word perimeter or periscope. Choresis, where we get the word choreography. Choreography means the sequence of steps and movements in dance to communicate language. The Trinity is a circle dance celebrating the life of love between the Father, Son, and Spirit. And it's this circle that is our origin, where we originated from. Now, out of all these relational terms, there is one that is major, and that is love. Paul and John both say that God is love. And the Greek word used here is agape. Agape is a noun. The idea that God is singular causes a problem because love cannot exist singular. What kind of love am I talking about? Well, it doesn't matter what language you speak. If you look at the definition of love, you'll get this definition. Love is a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. God cannot be single because a single being cannot know how to love, because it has always been alone. Love itself is an expression. It, it isn't love unless it is being expressed towards someone or something outside of oneself. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. We're going to look at the famous love passage, and I want us to look at this a different way. I want to approach it a different way. When we read this, or when we hear a preacher talk about this, he basically points to us about how we should react, how we should be patient, how we should be kind. But Paul is not just describing how we act when we are walking in love. Paul is describing who God is at their very core. How do we know this? Paul uses the word agape, and it is describing and making a statement that God is love. So Paul is saying we will act this way when we realize how God is already this way to us. See, we don't act differently from how God is. We act these ways because that is the way God is towards us. And the only way we can truly act these ways is when we can see that God is like this towards us. So starting with verse four, let's go with number one. Love is patient. Do you feel like God is about to give up on you? Do you feel like he doesn't have any patience with you? Listen to what Paul says. God is patient. Love is kind. 
if you think that God is being rude to you, if you think that God is just putting up with you or, or he's being mean, it's not God. It's not love. It's not the Trinity. Because Paul is telling us that love, the Trinity, is kind. Love isn't jealous. Love doesn't sing its own praises. That's a big one. I was raised uh, believing that God was so about himself, he just loved himself, he was very egotistical, and he wants us to sing praises to him because he's all about praise. But this says love doesn't sing its own praises. That's huge, because that means God is not standing around expecting for people to sing praises to him. Love isn't arrogant. Love isn't rude. Love doesn't think about itself. That's another one. Once again, I believe God was very egotistical. He was always thinking about himself. But this tells us that love is not thinking about itself. Well, if you think about this from a family standpoint, from the Trinity standpoint, the Father is constantly thinking about the Son, and the Son is constantly thinking about the Father, and vice versa with the Holy Spirit. The Son is singing about the Father. Each of the members of the Trinity, they are singing about the other not about themselves. So this means when they are themselves towards us, they are thinking about us and they are singing to us. Love isn't irritable. Love doesn't keep track of wrongs. Is there something that you've done you think God is hanging it over your head? Paul is telling us that love, God, the Trinity, does not keep track of wrongs. They are not keeping track of anything you've done wrong. They love you. Love isn't happy when injustice is done, but it is happy with the truth. Love never stops being patient. There you go. God will never stop being patient with you. Love never stops believing, never stops hoping. Do you think that God is going to give up on you? You think you've messed up so much that God just doesn't have a hope for you anymore? Paul is telling us the opposite. Love, the Trinity, never stops being patient. They never stop believing in you. They never stop hoping in you and for you. And love never gives up. They're not going to give up, guys. Love never comes to an end. That's a big one. So many people think that in some way love will come to an end. But this is huge. I've said this for years, it's not that God loves us, because love is not something they do, it is something they are in their being. This is why it says that agape is a noun. It is something they are, so it's not that God loves you as an act, it is that they are themselves towards you. They are themselves love towards us. This is why they can never hate you. You are the object, the focus point of their love. If there's justice, it can only be for your benefit and not against you. If there is wrath, it can only be for you and not against you because they are themselves love. If they hate anything, it is what hurts you. They cannot hate you. They can only hate what is against you. So once again, guys, Paul is not describing how we act. He is describing how God is towards us, and he's saying this is the way we should reflect. God, three in one, which is union, 
from the beginning is and always has been and will continue to be a family. This love relationship is between the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. You and I were created out of the overflow of this beautiful and perfect love relationship.